Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, Kayak Fishing Show Live, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company, as well as Seaguar and all those other great sponsors you see scrolling across the bottom. They're the ones who've been able to keep us on the air for the last uh, 11 years. Um, and without them, you know, I'd be just sitting at home like I am right now. I don't know. <laughs> So I'm really excited here, you know, to be doing these airings of our past episodes, um, you know, kind of picking out some of the best ones. Again, on, if you're joining us for the first time on Tuesdays, we're kind of doing the more current episodes, basically from season five through 11. So and then on uh, Thursdays, we're doing our really old episodes which are the, basically the ocean kayak years. So Tuesdays, Jackson kayak years, Thursdays, ocean kayak years. So if you want to view older episodes of our show or any of the episodes, because for the most part, no, nobody's been able to watch our shows other than um, on the World Fishing Network or uh, the Sportsman's Channel. So now this is our first time we've actually aired any of our episodes online. And so, uh, you know, I appreciate those of you who are joining us and watching these episodes with us and getting uh, some of these behind the scenes, you know, questions and answers and all that. And just kind of maybe some backstories, you know, speaking, you know, this this photo right behind me is from the episode we're airing today from Puerto Rico. Um, with that said, uh, my guest on this episode's our fishing guests were uh, Luther Cyphers from Yak Attack and Joe Pulliam from uh, Jackson Kayak. Our guide on the trip was our good friend Omar Araka, and he is our behind-the-scenes guest today. So with no further ado, Omar, my good friend, how are you, man? How are you, Jim? Nice to see you, man. You too, you too. Um, it, it, it's you know, we've had a chance to chat a little bit beforehand and just kind of reliving some of the stories and, and uh, you know, how we, it came about that we got to come fish with you. Uh, so for people who don't know, this is our second trip. This episode is our second trip to Puerto Rico. Um, our fish, first trip was uh, pretty brutal. Uh, and the, the cool thing was it, what, what Omar's really honest, he's like, okay, uh, this is going on. This is going on. We're going to schedule the trip for the best time of year. So you guys can have the best episode. And we got there and I don't know. There was like a plankton bloom or, or something in the estuary, right? I mean, uh, the, the day before I had a charter that it was just awesome. It went great in the morning. We caught six, nine, six, uh, fish, six tarpon over 60, 70 pound, all of them. I think over the biggest one about 110 something like that i mean it just went well stupid fish you know things are just line up just to do perfect so i mean i i literally mean i met you and uh, i mean i was so comfortable with everything i thought that we just were going to nail that show on the first day you know i mean all these perfect deal that you think and all of a sudden i 
we just uh, see okay we'll see you tomorrow and went to bed and uh went to bed and uh, it was raining and uh, it was two o'clock and it was raining and it was four o'clock and it was still raining i mean raining hard not normal for our island so all of a sudden i start to worry about it and then we start to find out the consequence the next day this fish just all of a sudden totally changed from feeding from perch to uh floating small um flounders i mean uh, backcountry flounders that are not normal and uh, it just flipped everything out it was not that we didn't sell fish we thought plenty of fish but it's very tough and so that was the way we spent you know our first two days and uh basically uh I think that we caught a small fish and it was kind of a handout or something, right? Yeah, uh, Jeff Herman got one. Um, and I don't remember which day it was on. But like you said, we were seeing fish rolling. But man, we couldn't, nothing, nothing we were throwing at them, whether it was live bait, dead no. bait. And it, they no, would no, we tried everything. Anything. On, and on every depth. And I mean, I mean we, we anchor shallow water, deep, deep water in the lagoon. There's some, I mean, just for... Our viewers understand our lagoon was uh, have some areas that are dredged, so this makes this a perfect spot where places can be up to 30 feet deep right in the lagoons, 55 feet deep right in the backcountry lagoon. So these fish can stay there since the water temperature changes, it gets uh, hotter, they can go deeper, etc. So we were looking for this fish wherever the depth sounder were marking, you know, and I mean, everywhere, and there were no luck. Yeah, it was it was so tough and but we we believed in you. We believed you. And then finally, li literally, we're talking, you know, ninth inning, two outs, you know, fourth quarter, no time left. And I got that fish. And I mean, it, the elation of all of us, the relief from all of us when, when I finally got that fish and it put on a great show for us, uh, jumped all over the place, took a huge dump all over me all over the kayak <laughs> it was it was hilarious but the the thing was we had so much fun fishing with you and we believed in you and your and your fishery so you were so confident in this fishery we knew we had to come back and jim, jim i'm i i sorry to interrupt but I, I must say that a big part of all this uh, chemistry you know was the your staff, I mean, uh, Wheel, uh, uh, your guest, I mean, everybody were just so understandable, so sporty. You know, that's very important. That's what's going to make a guy just forget about the stress and work through the through the options that the area can provide. So literally, you guys, even on the toughest situation that it can happen to a guy while you're filming a show and having great people that, that add a lot more stress on it because you just want these great people, great, great uh, sportsmen, you know, to have the best that your area can provide. And then you guys made this so comfortable after all that I, I, I just need to bring that up, you know, because it really makes everything a lot more smooth, you know. Uh, I appreciate that. And, and, and like I said, working with Will and, and the guests we've had, Jeff, on, on that episode. And then, like you said, uh, Luther and Joe on this one. Um, you know, it, we're, we're all fishermen, so we understand. And I'm a guide, so I understand the stress of being a guide and not getting people on fish. Uh, when you know the nature's not cooperating, but you know, fishing's fishing, you know, you're not going to get them every time. But as I was saying, we were so confident, and it just so happened the next year one of my shoots fell through, and I called you and said, We want to give it another shot. My other shoot fell through, and you said, Come on, let's go. 
and it was so worth it. This was such a good shoot. Uh, so much fun with the guys. So, um, with no further ado, uh, let's, uh, there's a couple comments here really quick. Let me take a look. Uh, Bonnie Hill says, hello. Hey, Bonnie. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, Serge, as always, joining us from up in Canada, up in Ottawa. Thank you so much. And Wade King tuning in from the COVID jail in Dakota. How you doing, man? Um, so, yeah, you know, so again, if people have questions about Puerto Rico, and, and I, I want to touch on that a little bit too, the struggles that Puerto Rico has gone through, but I really want to get this episode rolling. Um, I need to do a share my screen again because I had swapped over to sharing that. Make sure I share the audio, which I always forget to do. So with no further ado, let's get this episode of Puerto Rico part one. Show. We're making a return trip to Puerto Rico. We're visiting the Tarpon's Nest, and we're fishing with our good friend Omar Araca from Caribbean Outfitters. We brought along Joe Pullian from Jackson Kayak and Luther Cyphers from Yak Attack, and we are having a ball. You can sing along if you want. <laughs> How do you know I love <laughs> And those, for those of people that are watching on our YouTube channel, the highlight video on our YouTube channel was shot during this episode shoot. So it, it's just a lot of cool slow motion stuff and it was a really fun thing to shoot. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak, one family, many waters. Body Glove, featuring the new 3T Barefoot Water Shoe. Shark Shield, the world's only proven and tested shark deterrent technology. Delorm InReach Explorer, stay safe and connected anywhere on Earth. Torquedo, makers of the lightweight 403 kayak motor. And Hook One, everything you need to get out there and hook one. This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim is joined by Luther Cyphers and Joe Pulliam in Puerto Rico with Caribbean Outfitters. This is our uh, second trip to Puerto Rico. And uh, man, I need a haircut. You know, the first time we came here, <laughs> the fishing was a little bit tough. Um, but we came back for, for two reasons. We came back because we wanted to fish with Omar Araka again. He, just such a high energy, enjoyable, cool guy to hang out with and super knowledgeable of this fishery. We also came back because he made us promises. He told us that last trip was not the norm. We had a, a weird situation, a, a weather change, a water change that just threw everything into a tizzy and, and the fish just didn't chew like he knew that they could. He promised us that you could get better fishing here than what we had seen the last time. 
And because we loved fishing with the guys so much, even though the fishing was bad, we had to come back. We had to see if his words were true. The lagoons of Puerto Rico hold hundreds of hungry tarpon, and Captain Omar Araka is the guy that knows how to catch them. That's that rod you tried to steal from me. <laughs> when you come and try to catch a big tarpon on a kayak, it's not about numbers. It's about a quality catch. It's about an experience where you're going to get in contact directly with nature because you have no engine, no motor. You're straight in the water. When that fish jump, it literally sometimes jumps six feet out of the water, so you have to look up. <laughs> Omar is an incredible guide. Um, he struck me. I'm a pretty analytical, technical kind of guy, and I love to hear Omar explain things. Part of the last day, the day before the last day, um, we were all just kind of there by the boat uh, soaking some baits, and Omar just talked about some of the things with tarpon and the area and all that kind of stuff. He knows his stuff like like I think few guides do, even in their home, home waters. I mean, he's just an incredibly you know, intelligent and, and skilled guide. The guys are staying at the luxurious Tarpon's Nest Lodge, a boutique hotel specifically suited to the needs of anglers seeking adventure with all the comforts of home. Pay no attention to this part. <laughs> this is what staying at the Tarpon's Nest Lodge. Oh, no. It is a, a, a quaint little hotel slash It was a cool lodge. little place. Um, it is. There's a small pool. It's right on the water. It's right near the fishing grounds. You literally get your kayak designed. and you can paddle yeah. out a mile, <laughs> half a mile. We're seeing tarpon rolling right out in front. Such a cool little place out in the in the real real life Puerto Rico and and right on the water. It's ten minutes from the airport. Really super nice accommodations. Great views. The dock is right there and. Just couldn't be any better. You get off the water, you're hot, you're sweaty. There's a pool waiting for you. Good food. There you go. Just couldn't be. Any better. Look at that hair. Yeah, it was My gosh. From day one, I mean, right out the gate, the fish were were rolling. Uh, we started catching fish right away, and that pretty much didn't let up. This was a cool trip because we caught fish in every size. <laughs> yeah. When we come back, the adventure kicks off with a bang and Luther brings the fish mojo. Oh my gosh. Oh, he's close now. The kayak fishing show is brought to you in part by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. So with that, we'll take a look. There was a couple more comments on here. Um, Liam Young saying hello, watching on our YouTube channel, Kayak Fishing Tales. Uh, Roderick is saying hello from Houston. Thanks for joining us, Roderick. Dave uh, Massengill watching from Ukaipa Again, thanks for always watching, Dave. I really appreciate it. Uh, Roderick actually has a question maybe you can help him with. Where can he buy or rent a kayak in San Juan, Omar? Uh, my number, 787-671. One four six nine. Yeah, because you still have the uh, uh, absolutely the kayaks that we brought, right? Of course, yeah. Very very cool. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. No, <laughs> I no, was no, even no. thinking. They're, no, they're there. Gotta, uh, Don Winger, hi Jim from your Pueblo, Colorado fan club. <laughs> uh, the interesting story with uh, these guys. Why are we not on the screen? There we go. Um, <laughs> I got a message from. Uh, Don and saying that um, 
he has a buddy that he thinks I'm related to. <laughs> and his buddy was adopted. So they didn't know his backstory. And it's like, but he was adopted from like Northern California or something. Anyways, it was, was kind of funny. <laughs> We said, I was like, what was my dad up to? <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard Martin, Shark Shield. That's called that's called a, a called a buddy kayaker that keep that can't keep up with you. Oh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I wasn't following that, Richard. Yes, a shark shield is a guy who paddles slow, and you can. What is it? You don't have to paddle faster than the shark. You just got to paddle faster than your buddy. Trust me, they work. <laughs> the the shark. <laughs> oh, totally forgot. Totally forgot. Okay, I got to tell this story really quick. So, I think it was on the. Was it on this trip or the first trip? It wasn't the first trip. We were actually at the reef. So we went offshore, and I had my shark shield with me, and I was trying to explain to Omar how it worked, and he wasn't quite understanding how this thing works and, and the way it, uh, it sends out an electrical pulse that affects the ampullae of Lorenzini on a shark. Uh, if it's out of the water and dry, it, it, it's fine. But Omar was trying to figure this thing out <laughs> and brought it up to his lips. Like a battery. <laughs> battery. And it zapped him on the mouth. Oh, we, we all just about died <laughs> oh my god i totally forgot about that <laughs> we got a couple stories oh my gosh from bogus to power shop <laughs> oh we, we're not talking about bogus on this one <laughs> that's a story for another show <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> oh my goodness all right well let's bring this thing back up and get this episode going again There we go. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Shark Shield, makers of the Freedom 7, a compact, versatile, and lightweight personal shark deterrent system. Welcome back. This week, Jim Sammons is in Puerto Rico, fishing with Omar Araka from Caribbean Outfitters, on the hunt for big tarpon in the lagoons of San Juan. And we came up around this corner and saw all these birds working, fish boiling. Hopefully we're gonna put to work that's one big characteristic of all so the uh the, the first day of this trip was honestly better than the first day second day third day fourth day of our first trip <laughs> we actually had some fish rolling we had some bites we had missed fish we had missed fish we had missed fish uh it was, it was joe and i fishing and um just Things weren't quite going, but I mean, we had action, but it, it was not happening. Uh, and it was just Joe and I fishing. Um, the next day, uh, Luther uh, Cyphers from Yaktak shows up and he brings us a little gift. Gosh, I missed that. You can see that. And we called it the Tarpon Mojo. I actually still don't have that. Over here. Open your mouth. It's hanging up in my office. <laughs> Got it. That changed the whole game, man. Hand? Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> my, my goal coming out here, I've never caught a tarpon, so I just wanted to catch a tarpon. 
and it didn't matter to me what size or anything. I just wanted to cross it off the list. And the first fish, uh, Omar affectionately referred to as a sardine. It was about four or five pounds, little tiny guy. <laughs> but um, you know, I was ecstatic. It was it was great to to finally have a you know have a tarpon landed, and uh, it just got better and better from there. Fish are right there. Got fish all over. Right now we're in an area called uh, Laguna Los Corosos. Got Jim approaching a nice school of tarpon. I mean, there's a lot of them that were busting on the surface. These are small fish. They're not huge. They're anywhere between 15 to 40 pounds, but they sure are in good numbers right now. Jim's gonna just approach them. We can just spot it hooking up pretty quickly. And you start seeing like off in the distance, you start seeing the birds start to build up and then you start seeing them hitting the water. You know, there's something going on, you know, and it may be from a long way away, but you can see birds from a really long way when you're out, you know, clear day and so you're always scanning and always scanning it in you know just that anticipation builds up that something's gonna happen that's just a fun size tarpon right there oh they're great man jump a lot here in puerto rico we've had the opportunity to have three different jackson kayaks available to us we have the cuda the big rig and now of course the crack the kraken they all are so good at different things and and versatile uh i've spent a good amount of my time in my new boat the kraken great for when we were paddling offshore and doing some long distance stuff um it, when the wind came up here it's just such an excellent paddling boat a little bit lower actually a little easier to deal with the big fish on so i love that new kraken for me certainly the kraken it uh, i like I like the other two boats that we had, but the Kraken is a true paddler's boat. And I've been making and paddling kayaks for say for well over 40 years. So a boat that is very responsive, that, that I can make go where it wants to go. It's fast, it's got plenty of stability. It's got great secondary stability. So you can, I can lean it over and turn it. Things are where I want them to be on that boat. It's really quiet in the water and smooth. I. I'm ready to go spend some time in the Kraken, even though I, it may not always be in the ocean. Also, the big rig. I spent a good amount of time in the big rig. If you wanted to stand up, I actually, these tarpons, I actually love that kayak. I caught a tarpon standing up in that fish. one. Such an I love ultra that. I love that stable kayak. platform. The big great. rig. I mean, what a what a fun platform to fish off of. I mean, I watched Jim fighting this tarpon standing up. You know, that's something I didn't do. Um, but it's you know it's. Big Rig's a great boat for, you know, if you, you know, aren't super comfortable in a kayak or if you've got a body of water where you really need to, to fish it standing up. Um, if you like to carry a lot of gear, you know, if you're a bigger guy, I mean, there's a hundred reasons that, that that's a great boat. You can see all of Jackson Kayak, great kayaks at your local Jackson Kayak dealer. All right, just going to grab a little tail. Oh, <laughs> you didn't need any reviving. After one day on the water, Omar shows us why Puerto Rico is one of the top places in the world to fish for tarpon oh, in a kayak. That is when a great back, shot. The hits just keep on coming. <laughs> what a great fish. The catch, kayak what fishing show is brought to you in part by Hook One. Everything you need to get out. That was uh, that was a Kelsey shot. He was in charge of all the uh, the slow mo stuff. Yeah. This is another commercial break. Shoe. 
Yeah. Welcome back. Today we're fishing with Luther Cyphers from Yak Attack. Not seeing a whole lot of comments at the moment, so uh, I'm excited. we'll just keep it rolling. Or as my old friend from Japan, Yoshi, would say, I am exciting. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to pause it for one second because I'm going to tell a story. Now, Joe, uh, again, our, our guest and Luther, our guests are, are going to be uh, my guest while we air part two of this next week. But uh, Joe has been in the kayaking world forever. Um, I mean, he is in the kayaking world, not, not kayak fishing, but just in kayaking, whitewater, all that. He's been around a long time, and he, he's very, very well known. So I was quite surprised on, I don't know if it was day one or day two, he decided he was going to try and stand up in the kayak and promptly fell in the water. He had a yard sale, stuff floating everywhere. And of course, <laughs> this is like a guy who spent his life in a kayak. So we abused him unmercifully. But what we discovered was Joe is kind of an uncoordinated person. <laughs> I mean, he was dropping stuff all the time. Uh, it was his birthday while we were down there. Uh, you guys made him a birthday cake which he dropped. <laughs> oh man. We had a lot of laughs on that, on this trip. And of course, you know, after the first trip that was so stressful because we were working so hard to try to get fish and, and this one, we just kept catching fish and it sure made, makes it a lot easier and a lot more fun. Catching is a lot more fun than oh fishing. It turns out. A few years ago, Luther put his mind to creating accessories specifically for his favorite sport. The result was Yak Attack, a company with not only a quality creative product, it's also stuck to Luther's goals of creating it all in the USA. Luther is, of course, the owner of Yak Attack Fishing Gear, Kayak Fishing Accessories. Um, he is one of the sponsors of our show. But you know what? We wouldn't bring him back just because he's a sponsor. We bring him back because he is a great guy, a fun guy to fish with. You know, we're all kind of a tight-knit family. And then with the community, we're, we're tight-knit family. So, I mean, our philosophy is pretty simple. We try to build, you know, good stuff. We try to listen to our customers. But more importantly, we try to, you know, just do things the way that we think they ought to be done and kind of let the chips fall where they may. And that's been, it's been really cool. He treats everybody like they're part of the family. And, and he comes across that way when you're with him. You know, it's just a, a, a really, really down to earth, good guy. <laughs> Overall. Joe Pullian is one of the top brass at Jackson Kayak. Joe is one of the old guard paddlers and has been involved in growing the sport for most of his life. Although not a kayak angler, Jim is slowly turning him into one. This guy is a legend in the kayaking world. Uh, he started Dagger Kayaks forever ago. Um, if you know whitewater kayaking, you know kayaking, you know who Joe is. Um, but you would never know that just meeting him. Just such a down-to-earth, cool guy. Well, it's kind of interesting. I started off kayaking partly from an interest in fishing. I was a teenager. I grew up near the Savannah River on the Georgia-South Carolina border. And we, I love to fish and swim and play in the Savannah River. And I got a canoe when I was 14 years old. And when I was 17, I started building kayaks. So that was some 40, 
ooh, 41, 42 years ago. And uh, so I've been building kayaks a long time. And, and I got kind of got away from fishing as I got more and more interested in whitewater. But now as the, the market is changing and as my interests are changing and my age is changing, fishing, coming back into fishing, making this full circle back to fishing is, uh, is, is pretty exciting. This, I don't have a lot of experience <laughs> kayak fishing and um, I've done a little bit, but certainly never done anything like this. This week in Puerto Rico, we were kind of in a transitionary period where uh, there were small fish and big fish moving in. Um, started off the week actually targeting some of the smaller fish that were around, kind of get a handle on things. Uh, for that fishery, it was really nice to have my, my longer rod with a nice soft tip. It made it much easier to cast out the smaller baits we were using, but also kept us from pulling the hook on some of these fish when they would hit. That softer tip when the fish would jump uh, was much more forgiving. So. I was using this, uh, this eight and a half foot rod, really nice soft tip, but if you hooked into a bigger fish, it still had the backbone to take care of it. Uh, using a bait caster here, uh, loaded with 30 pounds. That rod, if uh, you remember, like I said, I know you really, you really liked that rod, Omar. Love it. Uh, it had very much the feel of a fly rod. Yes, the length was in the tip. I mean, you can cast really, really far out with that rod. Yeah. So you'll have the backbone. Just because we've paused here for a second and I, I was thinking about it, I have gotten more into fly fishing uh, over the last few years. Um, and we primarily bait fished on this. So I did throw some lures. Um, I did have a, a tarpon actually try to eat my planer board while I was trolling. But um, you do a lot of fly fishing for the tarpon there. Is it is it a sight fishing thing or... Uh, is it a good fly fishing or fishery? Okay, uh, for fly fishing over here, normally, like for example, that scenario that you tangle with uh, on the frenzies, I mean, that's 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 an easy one. That's uh, just a no-brainer there. Uh, Clouser minnow, uh, woolhead, mullethead patterns will do it on dark colors. Uh, that will be either black or brown, dark brown. Clouser um, minnow as well, white and brown. Um, that will do it as well. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say that it's sight fishing per se because we're not in clear water. But at the same time, you you know, you can see the fish on the surface. You spot this big schools of tarpon. So you're actually able to, to not aim an, an individual, but aim at the school of fish. And generally that's, you know, that's a shot there. You know, you don't need a lot of accuracy here. You're going to need more distance. Just cover water. Yes, you want to cover ground and uh, and definitely have a, a fly that can push water. Wrestler works very good too. Uh, Roderick, uh, who was asking about the kayak rental, had another question. He says, "I can come to San Jose once a month for work, and I'll be looking you up when it opens up for travel again. Um, any other type of fish in the lagoons, snapper, etc." Uh, we have, and uh, in the summer, we have mangrove snapper, and then at night. I normally target the the big snook, but those have to be like a new moon or full moon. I'm very picky with the dates. I don't go fishing. I go catching on that term. So normally it's uh, basically, I will say three to four days on the new moon and another three or four days on the full moon. And that will happen April, May, June, July, and August. So there's not a, really a lot of days that you're going to go and 
be more on the catching side than on the fishing side. So, uh, but definitely. And then you're going to get mangrove snapper as well. Awesome. Uh, Christopher uh, has a question as well. He says, when I'm in Puerto Rico, I'm on the West Coast. So where are the good spots to go kayak fishing? Uh, on the West Coast, there is a gentleman called uh, Pochi Rosario. He's a, he's a guy down in the southwest part of the island. That's the gentleman to contact to on the West Coast. Anything that have to do with fishing, he's a very active uh, gentleman on, a, on, a, on paddle boarding and as well as uh, on uh, kayaking. So he's very, very experienced on it. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Like, like I said, I mean, we have now gone. I mean, like I said, we, we had the first trip that was tough. We had this trip, which was amazing. And then we did another trip uh, where we went to a totally different location and also had amazing fishing. Uh, at least I did. James Macbeth was with me on that one. Uh, <laughs> he did everything he could possibly do to lose every single fish, fish he had. But he <laughs> caught us dinner. He caught that big mangrove snapper. That was you. That's who right. Caught that, who caught that big mangrove snapper? Uh, I think I did. <laughs> gene wilson thanks for watching as always all right well let's get back to uh rolling this episode i said that was kind of a quick pause there and turned into more questions but let's keep it going cigar cans and braid and then a top shot of uh 20 pound cigar fluorocarbon that's what i was using targeting the smaller tarpon here in puerto rico check it out when we return luther hauls in the first big catch of the trip the Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by InReach Explorer, the only truly global satellite communicator with built-in navigation, including Waypoint. Torquedo, makers of the lightweight 403 kayak motor. We are landing some very large fish off our kayaks these days. You know, we're catching marlin, we're catching tarpon, we're catching tuna. All these fish have different indicators of when they're ready to be landed. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we're seeing this week with these tarpon. Um, the, the tarpon, can cut, you can get them really close to the boat fairly soon sometimes, um, but that doesn't mean they're ready. They still have a very strong tail beat. Uh, you try to reach in and grab the fish at that point, you're going to run into problems. So you want to make sure you get those indicators that it's time to land them. Uh, again, just be aware that if you try to get them too close, they may go shooting off. So don't go bring their head straight into the kayak. Um, generally speaking, when the fish is ready to go, you're going to see it kind of roll up on its side. You're going to see its belly. Uh, that's going to be your first sign that, okay, it's, it's getting pretty close. One of the uh, easiest ways that we find to get that, because everybody wants to get the hero shot, right? You want to get that shot of the fish up near your kayak or up on your kayak. And with the big fish, a lot of times it's not really practical to actually bring them up on the boat, but you still want to see the length of its body. Once you have the fish's mouth in your hand or you're holding that nice heavy leader, you can pull that the head towards you, slide your foot up underneath the fish and kind of hook it and lift it. You can show the entire length of the fish. Your buddy can get that really good picture and you never actually had to drag that fish completely out of the water. Of course, you only want to use this technique in areas that are known to not be real sharky. Yeah. <laughs> Puerto Rico, we know from experience and talking to the guides that this is not a sharky area, so it's a completely safe way to do it. Just hook your toes under the fish, lift it up, get that shot, get a good clean release, then get his head back in the, in the water, spend your time reviving them. If you get a hold of their tail, just work it back and forth. We want to take good care of these fish. It's an 
awesome resource and we want to come back and catch them again. And that's this week's kayak fishing tip. Well, we got a beautiful morning. For what noise am I hearing there? <laughs> uh, for uh, for those of you that have not caught tarpon or have not caught tarpon from a kayak, I say this every time I have the chance to go tarpon fishing. If we had tarpon here where I live, I would fish for tarpon every day. <laughs> I know that they're not a food fish, anything like that, but they are from every size. They are so much fun to catch. I mean, the, the, the acrobatics, the power, uh, the hits, everything about them is so, so cool. Omar. Yes, sir. My wife says hello. Hi, Eileen. How are you? <laughs> so let's keep the show rolling. See some big tarpon already rolling around. We're going to go see if we can find some. It's day three. The guys get up early anticipating another incredible day in Puerto Rico. And so all the participants of the PPA tournament that arrived last night. Yes, hello. I'm Israel Ampiet, a nonprofit organization based in Puerto Rico. We are at the beautiful Tarpon Nest Lodge in Loiza, Puerto Rico. And we are here filming our first annual uh, tarpon inshore tournament. Uh, it is good because uh, there is a growing number of people that doesn't have maybe the money to buy a boat. And we have ideal conditions. We have shallow waters. We have a lot of good spot for fishing that maybe in boat you can go there, but in kayak is ideal for that. Since the mega cleanup, the waters have been a lot of, we, we have been seeing some changes. Uh, in so many iguanas six there. Months ago, the water has been That changed after the hurricane. Oh, really? They, oh, they yeah. are connecting the houses to the sewage system. So we have been seeing some improvement here. So <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. It's not over. But as we create more awareness, we hope that we have a better ecosystem and we still have those big tarpons coming here to spawn and we can enjoy them. I'm doing right now, I'm just trying to connect a, a butt section, a, a fluorocarbon to a butt section. This is 60 pound fluoro we're using here, cigar. We're putting a little heavier leader now because we're going for little bigger fish was spotting some fish on, right on a, on a structure. It's a kind of an oyster bar. Before I left, I reached out to my buddy Ty Roth from Hooks by Ty. Uh, he makes these kind of uh, hooks in different fish. And he had made me one that was a tarpon. And on short notice, he made a few more and brought one down for Jim, one down for Joe, and, and one down for Omar. And uh, Dang, that's good fish. I think we're all stuff. pretty convinced that the tarpon mojo was, was the stuff this week. The tarpon mojo. I hadn't seen Luther. We're, we're just trolling around this big bay, and I, I wasn't really sure where he was. I hadn't seen him in a while, so I just started scanning the horizon because I'd like, where's Luther? And right when I caught Buttercow. a view of him, 
fish exploded right behind him. So I got to see the bite, the pickup. It was it was awesome. And that killed his back. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this fish still got plenty of energy right now, so just getting uh, the final, uh, final little kicks out of them where we can land them safely. Sorry, man. I had my hand in his mouth and it pulled out. And... Yeah, it just got me in the finger, but. Uh, well, that's the best thing for the fish, right? That was a good fish. That's all right. He, he gets redemption Rico, later on. We've been fishing in some pretty large areas, covering every spot in large bays and More kayakers heading stuff. in every direction to stay in contact with each other, to know if fish are rolling to stay in contact with the uh, camera boat and the safety guys, it's really important to have good electronics. That's why for the past probably 10 years, I've been using Standard Horizon VHF waterproof and floating radios. These things are great. I like mine with the, uh, the handheld mic so I can just keep the radio in my pocket and the mic is up on my shoulder and makes it really easy to communicate with all the other guys. Check out all of Standard Horizon's great products at your local marine dealer. Well, that wraps up our first week here in Puerto Rico, fishing with Omar Araka of Caribbean Outfitters. We've had a great time chasing some of these smaller tarpon. Join us next week where we're going after the big girls. that so many buttons i need to hit here so i can close that all right uh we had uh i have no idea how to say that name but hello <laughs> <laughs> thank you for watching on uh kayak fishing tales uh dave said nice iguana now you said because uh, I mentioned that that iguana, you said there's not as many iguanas now uh, after the big hurricane. No, after the hurricane, not not as many as before. I mean, you can uh, see a difference. I mean, it's not huge, but you definitely can see a big difference on the on the numbers of iguana. But that's a good thing, really, right? Because they're oh, they're yeah. not they're not native. No, they're, no they're, and, and it won't take long before they will reproduce back to the numbers they were before. I mean, they right. just put massive amounts of. Uh, eggs and they have no natural predators and etc cetera, etc cetera. right yeah so they're not native i mean they are very very cool to see when you're there okay. i mean yeah, yeah. you know you see them swimming you see them up in the trees but uh they aren't native and they do kind of hurt the mangroves right yes 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 and now let me tell you there's big big scars after the hurricane 
uh, on the mangrove area, on the shorelines. There are many, many shorelines that are that have big scars. You know, mangrove get just dry. I mean, a uh, few dozen yards into the into the bush. You know, so I mean, it, it's coming back up. You can see a lot of the green and the new warrants coming up. You know, you see the area a lot greener in a lot of places. Right. Not about that. But uh, again, everything is perfect when it comes to nature. I mean, all the a lot of these structures have just create good spots for snook and stuff like that. So, I mean, it just makes the area a little bit more interesting. Sometimes your same area can be, can have go through changes and make it different. And you can start targeting different species of fish on different spots that you were not doing it before. And sometimes that opens your horizons on guiding and uh, trying to get the best out of the area. We got a hello from Pam Worth. How are you, Pam? Haven't seen you in a very long time. Uh, she says the hooks by Ty are beautiful. Yeah, like I said, I've got mine here. I just threw it back on my desk. Uh, the one that uh, Luther brought for us on that trip. I have this hanging on the uh, wall in my office because I'm always wearing my turtle. But uh, And our buddy uh, Chuck is saying hi. How you doing, Chuck? Thanks for joining us. I saw you uh, watching Jameson's show earlier today. So... Omar, I wanted to talk a little bit because we do still have a little bit of time here before uh, we get going. Um, I mean, I, I, I was planning on coming back to Puerto Rico this year. Uh, we were going to fish with you for a little bit and then fish with some other guys as well. I don't know how you guys are doing it right now. I mean, the hurricane was so bad. And, I mean, it knocked everybody for a loop. And then seemed like things started to started to come back and then all the freaking earthquakes i mean earthquake something after earthquake. very different something very different for from us because uh we are a very very strong people here on the island so when the hurricane went through everything passed by and people just go back and put hands on it and start to recovering with the earthquakes we never knew when this was gonna actually stop there was no forecast it's very tough you don't right. perfectly understand how it works i mean and it was not like the first uh earthquake just did a damage it's just that after another and you know you just keep damaging structures in the south part of the island now i just wanted to make it clear that in the north part of the island around san juan airport uh and uh main hotel area it did not have any serious or damage at all everything just concentrated in the very southwest part of the island so i mean and more south you know than west so I mean, uh, and, and uh, now after this, then we have the, this uh, lockdown and uh, the economy is totally shut down. I mean, uh, it's pretty amazing how it, it, this just changed the game, you know. It's a game changer for everybody. I mean, this is not only for Puerto Rico, it's just for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously, this, is, this one's globally. But I mean, like I said, Puerto Rico, I mean, like I said, with that, with that terrible, terrible hurricane, I mean, I know it affected you terribly. Uh, losing boats and and everything else and and then the earthquake app, like I said I, I have a earthquake app on my phone so if there's an earthquake somewhere I get notified and it's there were just earthquake after earthquake after earthquake and now this you know like I said I mean it's got to just be horrible and um, hopefully once this is all over um, people will go back because because like I said you guys were just getting back on your feet and, and you know that things are starting to line up that the tourism was going to start coming back and and you're going to be able to get fishing again and then and then this so do do you, do you see light at the end of the tunnel Omar I mean do you, do you have this is uh, fishing? 
Well, uh, honestly, you know, I mean, I don't know how things will roll after this because there's so many different uh, business sectors that got affected that I don't really know uh, if there will be a lot of flow for people to start, you know, going fishing, actually. You know, I don't see ourselves, like, quite busy until next tourist season. So, basically, we lost this season. And uh, it's very important people understand that we make, you know, probably 75% of our income from December to May. Literally, we make we make 75% plus of our income in that time. So uh-huh. the rest is, is kind of slow and it's here and there, but it's not strong. It's not solid. And I'm not talking only about fishing. I'm talking about in the in tourist industry in general, you know. So so it's, 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 a, it's a big downfall now that we went through this right on the tourist season. Right. So we probably, we all, you know, I mean, I'm talking about uh, fishing services. I'm talking about basically all tourist services. And I think that even the people who depend on the, on the cruise ship will be a lot more hurt. They, they will definitely going to be because I don't, I don't think they're going to open anywhere soon. I think maybe the airport will open and this and that, but I don't think they will open soon. I, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of cruise ships anyway, but I certainly wouldn't want it <laughs> the way this is. And no. You always hear about people getting sick on cruise ships. I, I would have no desire to get on a cruise ship at no, all. No, this is going to change a lot of things, uh, Jim. I really think so. Well, I, I hope that it comes back. And I, you know, I sincerely hope that once, you know, travel starts opening up, that people will come and see you because, I mean, you're such a great guy and, and such a, a, an awesome, awesome guide. Um, like I said, that's the reason we went by, back the second time because we had faith in you. And that's the reason we went back a third time is because, you, you know, yeah. it, it, it's such a great guy. So if people do want to reach you, fishinginpuertorico.com is your website. Yeah. Fishinginpuertorico.com is my <laughs> webpage. And then uh, Caribbean Outfitters on Facebook. You can find me there. Omar Raka on Facebook as well. 787-671-1469. Well, that's awesome. And like I said, I, I highly encourage anybody who has a chance and wants a, an exceptional fishing experience, whether it's fishing off of his his uh, flats boat or whether it's fishing out of the kayaks that he has, that you you do give uh, Omar a shot and, and go out there and, and help Puerto Rico in general get back on their feet because uh, it is an amazing, amazing fishery. And there's so many different places to fish, you know, that I've now experienced. And, and that's why we were actually scheduled to go back again this year. So that would have been our fourth trip. That's how much we like Puerto Rico. So I do highly encourage people to go back there. So Omar, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you very I wish much, you all the luck in the world. Again, we'll be airing part two of this episode uh, next Tuesday. So if you want to tune in and watch and make any comments and make fun of uh, Joe and Luther, feel free. <laughs> Absolutely. Jim, I want to thank you very much for taking the time doing these little airings. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people, you know, entertain, getting entertained by this uh, uh, period of time where you're going there. You're doing a wonderful job as well as your sponsor. So I really want to appreciate that. When, uh, thank you very much for, you know, having me on the show today. So best of luck, Jim. Thank you, man. All the best. So thanks, everybody, so much for joining us today. Again, please, please join us uh, next Tuesday where we will have uh, Luther Cyphers and Joe Pullian on as our guests as we watch part two of our trip to Puerto Rico. Also, this Thursday for our throwback years, I have uh, Ken Whiting, my producer, 
is going to be joining us because we're going to be going to the Ottawa River and where they try to kill me. <laughs> this is the episode where I almost drowned on the Ottawa River. So, um, but that hasn't stopped me from going back to Canada because I love going fishing in Canada. So uh, we will have Ken on and let him explain how he tried to kill me. So thank you all so much for joining me here today. Hope you join us again next time. If you are getting out on the water, please remember always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. You take care. Oh, now I'm going to fix it. Woo!